Hello, welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you build stronger relationships, deepen your faith, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome to the program today. I have to tell you right out of the box, I am so excited about this topic. If this was the very last Excel Still More episode, if we were trying to put it all together into one thought and finish on the highest possible note, I believe this would be it. Our episode today is titled Be the Change, and it represents the beginning of a fairly popular phrase, be the change you wish to see in the world. I just have to tell you, this is 13 months of recording episodes, and if there is one thing those episodes are designed to prove, it is this, whatever change you hope to see in the people around you, in your family, in the church, in the community, in America, it all begins with you changing. As you grow, the opportunity for people around you to grow increases. This idea that the way we change other people is telling them that they need to change? Well, Dr. Phil would ask, how's that working out for you? Even passive-aggressive approaches, which I often do take, like, hey, you really should check out this podcast episode, or you really ought to look up that sermon, doesn't really work. It's helpful, but in the end, it is your ability to change, to change the way you think, the way you speak, the way you live, that begins to influence the people around you. In the same way that bad company around you, were warned biblically, can be a problem for you, your good behavior can be a solution for others. When you combine that with the scripture, you've really got something. In fact, I would say this is the one takeaway that brings all of the previous episodes together. If you look back, just about every single episode we've recorded has been about you evaluating yourself. You always speak last. You be wise small. You just get better. Those were our very first three episodes. The strategy is simple. As you learn things and adopt them, and the people in your life see how good they are for you, and that you're getting stronger and you're happier, they will instinctively be drawn to you. And I have to say, the people in my life, and I could note some very real stories for you, who have gotten better in the last 12 months, and who I think were genuinely encouraged to do so by me, were less so influenced by listening to me speak on a topic in an episode and more influenced by seeing the topic of that episode influence me. I think I gave an example maybe in an episode last year about my two youngest kids, age eight and six, sitting on the couch in the morning reading their Bibles, not because they were told to do so, not because they felt guilty for not doing it, but because over a period of three, four months, they had gotten up in the morning and the first thing they saw 
was mom and dad sitting on the couch reading their Bibles. Consequently, they are now also drawn to coffee, so you have to understand the lengths of your influence, I guess. But my point is, what happens between parents and kids happens with everyone. The people you work with, go to school with, worship with, all across the board. So today, for this episode, I want to do three separate things. Firstly, I need to talk to you about Mahatma Gandhi, an Indian lawyer from the late 19th century, nationalist, political ethicist, who in a nonviolent and incredible way led a successful campaign for India's independence from British rule, and specifically, he has been attributed the quote that we're using today, be the change you wish to see in the world. So I'll talk to you a bit more about him in a moment, and then I need to introduce you to a man named Jordan Peterson, a Canadian clinical psychologist, and a very interesting panel discussion of which he was a part. That discussion will help us eliminate all excuses and get to the business of getting better to help making people better. And then at the end, I need you to apply this to your faith, your walk with God, and how your growth in the Lord will make a difference for the people that you care about. Okay, let me start by telling you a bit more about Gandhi. He didn't actually say those words that are attributed to him, but he said something deeper and more expansive that has been summed up by the phrase, be the change you wish to see in the world. Here is his exact quote. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. This is the divine mystery supreme. A wonderful thing it is and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. Now, I don't know about that phrase, divine mystery supreme, but if it means totally awesome, then I entirely agree with what he's saying. I love that finishing thought. I don't need to wait and see what other people are going to do. I'm not reacting to them. I'm trying to create a sphere of goodness that they will adapt and react to. It's a wonderful thing and a source of happiness. You know what makes me joyful every day? Getting better. Growing closer to God. Being a better husband and father. I don't waste a second of my day complaining about what other people are doing. Lamenting the way that people treat me. Because it won't do any good. And it's a waste of energy. Instead, he said, If we could change ourselves the tendencies in the world would also change. And by the way, with Gandhi and also the psychologist Jordan Peterson, they don't put any limits on that. It would be easy to say, well, maybe that'll work with my marriage, maybe with my kids or people in my inner circle, but I can't change what's going on in my entire community just because I change. I can't change who gets elected because of just one vote. I can't change the direction of the immorality of our country just by being more moral. Well, as we're going to explore more today, 
What other choice do you have? In fact, the single most powerful thing you can do is be more moral, be more godly, vote consistently and with morality, and maybe because you do all of those things, people, not just one or two, but people around you in an ever-expanding social media presence, in fact, also become a bit more moral or faithful or politically conscientious. Gandhi's point is, all I could do is what I could do and tried to do it the best that I could. And it changed, well, it changed an entire country in his case. I was reading some articles about him and trying to learn more about what he said, and someone wrote a few things that became true for them after reading about Gandhi. Number one, his writings help you stop judging others all the time, pointing out the specks, as Jesus would say, in someone else's eye, while you walk around with a log in your own. Instead of judging people and condemning people and lecturing and labeling and gossiping, first of all, examine yourself. Second of all, be a better influence on them. Yes, sometimes you have to speak about what they're doing if it's sin and they need to change, but remember, the way you live will have a hundred times the impact of what you tell them. The article went on to say that it replaces complaining about others with self-reflection. It's not, why won't they change? It's, I wonder what I could do to help them change. Like in Ephesians 4 with the church, where it's easy to blame things on the preacher or the elders or some other family. But he said, you know, we're only as strong as what every joint supplies, and that's you. You are part of that. You are one of those joints. So what can you do to help us be better? The article also noted that it stirs us into taking action in the one place we have control. Do you know where that one place is? It is in yourself. That's where it starts. 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about an ungodly husband married to a godly wife, and yet she might win him over with her yelling and lectures. No by her gentle and quiet spirit. Now, to push this a little further and expose maybe some doubts that you may have, I need to tell you about that panel discussion that Jordan B. Peterson was a part of. Again, he's a Canadian clinical psychologist. He's also a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. And he was sitting up there with some other officials and college students were in the room. And a college student, a young lady asked him this, what is your answer for young people to some of the really big problems facing humanity, like climate change, the future economy, and the job market? Most of us will never be able to afford to make real change. What advice do you have beyond just cleaning your room? Which again is his thing. He says, handle your own business, and then you'll be surprised at how much good it can do. Well, he kind of berated her a little bit about the politically charged nature of her question and asked her to reword it. And so a man on the panel reworded it for her and said, okay, what she's saying is, what is your advice to young people whom you tell need to be individually responsible, but when there are things so far out of their control, like climate change, global economy, and the job market? Professor Peterson simply said, They are not as far out of your control as you think. So the man came back on her behalf and said, 
Individual responsibility does not change things. It does not fix problems. And here is a very close paraphrase. I was typing it as he spoke of what Professor Peterson said to that. People can do good for themselves and the people around them by looking at their own inadequacy and flaws and building themselves up as individuals. If they are capable of doing that, then they can expand their career. And then they are capable of taking a place in the community as effective leaders and then making wise decisions other than unwise decisions on behalf of the people they represent. As their competence grows, their ability to affect others grow. This is how you change the world. People who don't have their own houses in order should be very careful before they go reorganizing the world. Now, as you might can imagine, that young lady was displeased with that response because what he's suggesting is quit complaining about things you perceive to be out of your control. Be the change you believe in by taking care of the problems that are present in your life right now. And he pushes this a bit further as it moved on. The person on the panel defending the girl said this, Okay, if a young person believes that the climate, global warming, those kinds of problems need to be tackled quickly, and they can't wait until they grow up to be political leaders to do it, do you think collective responsibility overrides individual responsibility in a huge issue like that? He said, no, I don't. I think that generally people have things within their purview that are more difficult to deal with that they are avoiding. And generally the way they avoid them is by adopting pseudo-moralistic stances on social issues so that they look good to their friends and their neighbors. Now that was a pretty heavy bomb he dropped on them but I want you to think about its implication. He's saying you're complaining about global warming and world economy. What you need to be doing is working on yourself. Quit overlooking your own inadequacies. Identify them. If you're dumb, get smart. If you're unhealthy, start working out. If you're poor, figure out another approach. Don't sit back ignoring your own inadequacies, exclaiming that they don't matter anyway, because it will never be a drop in the bucket of the world's problems. He said, that's not true. You work on you, you grow. You influence people around you, they grow. And while he didn't say this, I was thinking about it. These world leaders that make these decisions, that determine the future moralistically, economically, socially for our country, they were all just young people once as well, who got their affairs in order and figured out what they wanted to be and now they are, in fact, changing the world. All right, so as we get to the end of today's topic, I just want you to think about your faith. There is nothing more significant in this world than being a light that shines, reflecting the glory of Jesus, and as you brighten, the world around you begins to illuminate. It is our purpose. It is the Word of God living in us. And all of the differences you want to make in helping people around you get to heaven begin with you. There is no problem so big in the world around you that cannot be fixed if people like you shine brighter. And so I will introduce a couple of thoughts here. I have to tell you, I'm so excited about all of this that I'm also going to preach on it at the Lindale Church of Christ. In fact, I record these episodes a few days early 
So this episode is releasing on February the 17th of 2020. And so for you, Lord willing, yesterday was February the 16th, and I preached the lesson then, if everything worked out well. And if you would like to study the scripture with me on this topic, you should be able to find that sermon on the Lindale Church of Christ Facebook page. Also my page, I think we're streaming it there now as well, Chris Emerson with a K. And we even have a podcast, the Lindale Church of Christ podcast. So here are the final thoughts. Everything about your family, the church where you worship, your friends, community, and world will get better when you take on three personal commitments. Number one, personal faithfulness. When you love God first, when He is the only priority in your life, and you commune with Him, you pray to Him every day, you read portions of His Word every day, when you obey His commandments, not just talking about the need to obey them, you obey them, and you reflect the peace and joy that comes from being in communion with Jesus, that will be the single most influential thing you do in your life. Others will change because of what they're seeing in you. Secondly, personal responsibility. Here's where that's different. You have to take responsibility for the way other people behave when their behavior is directly connected with your own. For instance, in the family, he complains about the way that she is, but by subtle changes in the way that he is, her reactions will improve. Parents complain about the attitude of their children. Children complain about the discipline of their parents. But in every one of those cases, telling the other person to change does nothing. Well, it may have an opposite effect. But if you would change the way you speak to them, interact with them, serve them, I'm guaranteeing results. Take personal responsibility for relationships. And then lastly, personal penitence. Your ability to admit when you are wrong, your ability to seek mercy, to confess even to people you care about that you are going to forsake and change, triggers compassion among those around you and amazingly helps them to make some of the same changes. Isn't that awesome? Everybody has the potential to get better because you challenged yourself to get better, even if it meant humility and asking of forgiveness. So think about those things this week. Get excited about the difference you can make. And when it comes to the things that you wish to see in the world around you, just remember this, be the change. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.